Hey, Sarasota, it's Bob. So it's been a wonderful grind over the past 18 months. We've had some fabulous guests. We've produced over 150 episodes. and We've had over 10,000 listens from you wonderful folks in the greater Sarasota area. It's been a lot of fun, but also it's been a lot of work. And so we've decided to take a little bit of a break until this fall. When you check out other podcasts, you're going to see that most put out a new episode only once a week. We put out two, so of course that means there's twice the work. A lot of show notes, scheduling, guests, editing, etc., etc., etc. So we've decided to take a little break for the rest of the summer and we will resume this fall. And we'll let you know. But before I sign off, can you do me a little favor? Reach out to us via Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Drop us a little note. I'd like to know more about what you want to hear when we resume in the next couple of weeks. That'd be a big help because without you, dear listener, we would not exist. As always, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful summer, and we'll be back soon where you can listen, learn, and connect. Good morning, Sarasota. This is the Sarasota Stories Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Bob. I just wanted to take a quick moment. And um, first off, thank our regular listeners for checking in with us. I hope everybody's okay. Obviously, we really got hammered by this storm, primarily south of the greater Sarasota area, starting in Venice and then all the way down to Naples. And so I just wanted to encourage everyone, is there just one thing that you can do to help in the relief efforts? Bottled water, some canned goods, some dry goods, some clothing, I'm going to give you some organizations that you can reach out to and find out specifically what it is that they need where you can help in this relief effort. The first organization is the Community Foundation of Sarasota County. They can be reached at 941-955-3000. They're also located over there on Fruitville Road at 2635 Fruitville Road in Sarasota, Florida. Call them and see specifically what it is that they need and how they are working to help all these folks that really got hammered by the hurricane. Next organization is Gulf Coast Community Foundation. Uh, their headquarters are in Venice, 941-486-4600. Uh, if they're not open because they did, did get a lot of flooding down there, let's try the Sarasota location again for Gulf Coast Community Foundation, 941-777-1270. Call them and see what they need. Obviously, the Salvation Army is always looking for uh, donations and help in situations such as this. They actually have three locations. Sarasota is 941-364-5557. They're over there on Tuttle Avenue. The Venice location, and again, Venice has some flooding down there. I don't know if they're open. 941-484-6227. Northport really got hammered again with flooding. I don't know if they're open, but I'll give you their phone number anyways. 941-240-5108. The Salvation Army is always very helpful in situations like this. Obviously, the American Red Cross, the Sarasota County office can be found at 941-379-9300. And I know that everybody has a heck of a lot more on their mind right now than uh, simply listening to podcasts, but we are going to do our best to maintain our regular 
release of our episodes. We could not air last week. We didn't have any internet. So I, <laughs> I hope you'll forgive us for that. But uh, I think we're going to be back on task going forward, assuming that we don't have any interruptions in service. And today we have a great show lined up for you. And we just encourage you to continue to listen in. If we feel a need to update you on what's going on, we'll just continue to put these little blurbs in here before the episodes. If there's anything you would like for us to do, please reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn, and we'll do our best again to help in this relief effort. Again, thank you so very much for being a part of our listening audience and on to today's show. Many people only think of the Salvation Army at Christmas time when you see and hear their volunteers outside department stores with a red bucket ringing a bell for donations. But this organization is much, much more. For nearly 160 years, the Salvation Army has been, for many, the difference between despair and hope. And what most people don't know is natural disaster response is one of the things that the Salvation Army specializes in. This episode was recorded one week after Hurricane Ian destroyed parts of the southern Sarasota County and, of course, beyond. It is part of a series of special episodes we want to bring to you of the frontline organizations helping our neighbors get back on their feet. Hi, I'm your host, Bob Williams, where I try to find the most interesting people working on the most interesting things here in the greater Sarasota area. I started this podcast because I wanted to meet new people, and then I thought, well, why not share what we talk about with people like you? To me, the real benefit is if you really want to understand the community you live in and appreciate all it has to offer, then listening to each other's stories is an absolute must. Every Tuesday and Thursday, you'll hear from artists and authors, entrepreneurs, civic leaders, and many others share who they are, how they got into their line of work, and what they're excited about right now. My guest today is Michelle Matthews, Area Commander of the Sarasota Salvation Army. In this episode, you'll learn one thing most people don't know about Michelle, what are the immediate priorities when a disaster hits for the Salvation Army, how long it might take for the Ian disaster to be behind us, how Michelle coordinates with other organizations, what's the greatest need right now, and where can people go to help and to get help, and much, much more. Thank you so very much for stopping by today. It is my hope that you will listen, that you will learn, but most importantly, connect. Colonel Michelle Matthews, Area Commander, Sarasota Salvation Army. Welcome to the Sarasota Stories Podcast. Thank you. Um, really appreciate you having me on the show today. It is a pleasure to have you on because uh, I'm kind of doing some quick episodes right now as a result of Hurricane Ian. So I'm reaching out to organizations such as yourself, not only to kind of give you a platform to share what you're doing, but also to see, also to share where people that have been really affected by Hurricane Ian, where they can go for resources, and of course, where people can volunteer, donate money, donate whatever supplies that you need. And so we're going to get into all that. Uh, but, you know, as I often say on these episodes, I like to find out the backgrounds of the guests that I have on the show. And my easy question is that I always ask up front is, is what is one interesting thing that most people don't know about Michelle? Well, I think there's a lot of interesting things, but the, the first that comes to mind is um, you've already shared my name, Michelle Matthews. I am married, my husband, Ward Matthews. Um, but, but when I got married, I didn't have to change my last name. My maiden name is Matthews. So often when I sign my name, 
I will sign it Michelle Matthews squared with the little two above the S. <laughs> oh, that's cute. That's very cute. Oh, it, it's it's funny. My um, my youngest daughter, and I tease her and her husband all the time. Of course, she's a Williams. And then when she she got married, she married a fellow by the last name of Gowalis. And I'm saying, why would you change your name to Gowalis? You know, Williams is easy to remember, easy to write. And uh, and so we we tease her about that. But that's, um, right. that's great. That's that's interesting. That's interesting trivia. So Matthew squared. That's right. Well, so you have been with the Salvation Army for the better part of your career. Both you and your husband have been with the Salvation Army for better part of your careers. And uh, I'm just curious, you know, why did you see the Salvation Army as a career path? And and just, you know, has this become such a big part of your life? Well, it's actually a lot simpler than that. Um, my parents were also Salvation Army officers. My husband's parents were Salvation Army officers. Oh, my. Um, they, they did not pressure me in, into this path. Um, I actually graduated from uh, Johns Hopkins University with a degree in nursing and worked um, as an RN for about three years until I started dating uh, Ward, who was already a Salvation Army officer. And um, as officers in the Salvation Army, um, if you're going to be married, you marry another officer, just because much like the military, um, you get transferred from appointment to appointment. And so um, when, when we decided we were serious, then we had a decision to make. And so um, I, I left nursing and uh, became a Salvation Army officer. And you've never looked back. I've looked back a couple of times, but, <laughs> but I cannot imagine now ever doing anything different. Well, that's neat. That's neat. No, I saw in your background that you've spent time in Washington, D.C. area and, and Dallas and and I've always thought what I always found fascinating about the Salvation Army is that you use, you know, military terms. Mm -hmm. uh, you're Colonel Michelle Matthews. And um, I, I, I mean, has that been from the very beginning of the Salvation Army's uh, findings? It, it is. Um, so the Salvation Army was started back in the 1860s. It started in London, England. And um I would say within the first 10, 15 years of its inception, uh, the military terminology, the, the wearing of the uniform, the ranks, all of that um, became a part of who we are. And, and we've never left that piece. Well, let's talk a little bit more then about kind of, I guess, the long term existence of the Salvation Army since it's been around roughly 160 years. Mm -hmm. So uh, most organizations. All organizations change over time. Can you talk a little bit in the time that you've been with them? Uh, what are the changes that you have seen, and uh, you know what remains the same? Well, I think the Salvation Army, in some ways, is always evolving. You know, we call ourselves a military, and when you think of a military, you really think of kind of top-down uh, leadership and and direction. But in a lot of ways, the Salvation Army is very much ground up. So the Salvation Army in Sarasota County may look quite different than the Salvation Army in, say, Atlanta, Georgia. Really? Somewhere else around the world. Because we have the flexibility to um, identify what the needs are in that local community and then um, 
then attempt to meet those needs um, within that community. So there are some things that are very similar among Salvation Armies, um, but other other programs and services might be quite different. Of, of course, we all know of the, um, you know, the donation buckets out in front of the stores around Christmas time and the, and the bell ringers and whatnot. But I was amazed to find out when I went to your site of all the services that you do provide, uh, adult rehabilitation center, anti-human trafficking, correctional services. Uh, we're going to get into disaster relief here in just a second, but obviously that's, a, that's front and center right now. Music and arts, women's ministries, youth and young adults. I, I mean, I was just really surprised at how what the Salvation Army has become over the years and all the different programs that you all provide. Uh, it's, it's fascinating to me. Yeah, and we do we do provide a lot. I often say we, we have something for everyone, kind of from cradle to grave. Um, and obviously, a large part of what we do is helping those um, who are experiencing homelessness or maybe on the brink of homelessness or have some sort of addiction. Um, but the services we provide are really much broader than that. It's fascinating to me to, to see what you all provide. Well, let's get in kind of the, the gist of the reason for my call today and to get you on this program, which is uh, Hurricane Ian took out a lot of people's um, you know, utilities. They've changed their lives. Uh, it's really a disaster. And we were fortunate here in North County of Sarasota to miss the vast majority of South, Car- South um, Sarasota is not looking great. Then you go even further. And then, of course, it's really, really bad when you get down to the Fort Myers area, Fort, Fort Myers Beach area and whatnot. But what I was fascinated to find out about you and, and, and your husband, Ward, who's since retired, uh, you all have had a lot of experience in first responders, disaster relief. And I'll just give my listeners a little bit of a background. Ward, first exposure to the Salvation Army, that, or at least I was able to find him, nine years old, back when Camille, Hurricane Camille hit Mississippi in 1969 as a Cat 5. He served in the soup kitchen down there. And then you guys have been through Hurricane Ike, Hurricane Floyd, the Oklahoma City bombing. And the 9-11 World Trade Center attacks. So you all, so you have a lot of experience in this first responder niche, for lack of a better term. So, so I mean, share with us, what are the first things that you have to do when you have a disaster like this? And then how does it kind of play out, you know, longer term? Well, absolutely. So in, in any disaster, kind of the first thing is, um, there's, there's always that concern about life, you know, and that's the search and rescue teams. That's not the Salvation Army's right. responsibilities. Although a lot of times we're right there on the front lines at, at the bombing in um, Oklahoma City and at the World Trade Center uh, and the Pentagon. Uh, the Salvation Army was kind of the first ones in. We were inside the taped off lines Um because we were able to roll and get there immediately. So a lot of times what we're doing is supporting those immediate first responders. Now, when you say, when you say report, when you say support, what does that mean? Are, are you so providing? It, it, might be, it might be feeding, you know, providing drinks, it, emotional, spiritual care. I mean, these are tough situations. Um, and, and while certainly those who experienced it 
need that kind of care. The first responders do as well. Sure. Um, so, so a lot of times that's the type of thing that the Salvation Army is doing immediately. We're stu- still doing a lot of that right now, all up and down the southwest coast of Florida, um, going out in our mobile feeding units, just finding folks um, you know, in, in neighborhoods or maybe at a fixed feeding site um, where people can come in, get a cold drink, get something to eat. Um, have, find somebody to talk to. Um, what what, do, what do those mobile units look like? Are they vans or are they? I, there's actually two or three different kinds, but they're big. I mean, we call them a canteen. It's a mobile feeding unit. Um, you know, it's got big logos on it. You know, Salvation Army. So right. They say hope is on the way. Um, but um, we're, we're partnering here in Sarasota County with um, the Southern Baptist Disaster Response Teams. Um, they've got a big trailer that they're cooking all of the meals out of, and then we're taking what they cook, putting them on our, our um, vehicles and going out into the communities. It's interesting. I was at a men's group at a church um, just earlier this week, and I, there was a group there. It was called Eight Days of Hope. Hmm. And they are a national group, and they're a first responder. So I, I, I mean, I, I take I take a lot of refuge in the, in the fact that it's not only you. There's a lot of groups out there that are helping out, and which which I'm I'm curious about because it seems like there are there are quite a few of them. And how is like there a central coordination point, or I guess more specifically, how do you work with some of the other organizations? You know, provide food. You know, the emotional and, and spiritual support. Right. So there's a couple of different ways. Um, so the Salvation Army is involved in um, VOAD, so volunteer, voluntary organizations, I can't talk, voluntary associations, VOAD, voluntary organizations active in disasters. Yep. That's it, VOAD. VOAD. Um, so, there's, so there's a coordination there of a lot of these organizations outside of a disaster response. Um, we also have uh, a seat at the table um, at the county emergency, at the EOC, Emergency right. Operations Center. So we have somebody there. And so, again, those different organizations often are also there. And so there's coordination going on at that level. And then with our groups or our teams on the ground um, that are going out feeding now, we have somebody who is specifically assigned as a liaison. Um, And they're working, you know, they're just making relationships and talking with, you know, the the police in Northport, the emergency manager in Venice and in Northport, and all of these different things, reaching out to All Faiths Food Bank, who we work with year round. Right, right. Different groups like that to make sure that, that we're all we know what each other are doing, so we're not duplicating services, but we're also trying to figure out how we can coordinate better with each other. Right, right. Well, you know, I have to ask you kind of back up here a little bit because, you, you know, I, I'm sure all disasters have a, a same theme and you, you take those initial steps to ensure people are safe and they get water and food. But, I mean, were you actually in Oklahoma City when that happened, when the bombing happened or... I was not. My husband, we were not married at that time. Yeah. Um, but he was living in Oklahoma City. And so uh, uh, when when the bombing happened, um, he and some others immediately went 
went out and went over and to see what they could do. Right. And so, and, and it would be the same like a, a hurricane. So they go and they mm-hmm. support the people that are actually going in there and, you know, taking care of the bodies or, uh, right. oh my goodness. Yeah. Right. And then the World Trade Center attack. It's amazing the number of people I've run into down here that since retired in the Sarasota area that were there or close to the World Trade Centers or worked near the World Trade Centers when that went down. As a matter of fact, um, uh, Dimitri, um, oh, let's see. Captain Dimitri Kostanopoulos, mm-hmm. who's here on the police force. He wasn't there, but he was part of the group that um, had to get President Bush into the air when that happened. Okay. So it just, it, I don't know what that has to do with, with Hurricane uh, Ian, but it's just, I, I just find it fascinating how these things touch our lives. And mm-hmm. so, um, but that that's really interesting. Right. And of course, the response at 9-11 lasted for months. You know, and right. the Salvation Army was there for months. So my husband, so I served at the Pentagon. My husband served at 9-11 at the World Trade Center, but he wasn't there until like the following May. So he, w- he was actually in the last group that helped the wow. Salvation Army close down um, their operations. There. Wow. Wow. Well, so, um, you know, you have been in this position here in Sarasota County for a while. And of course you have ongoing needs, you have ongoing services that you provide. And then you see, I call it the big snowball off the uh, coast of Africa that starts coming across the Atlantic. I'm sure you like everybody else, you start watching them. Okay. How close they coming to Florida and you you want to blow it north, right? Misses, misses. But then you know that you're going to get hit. What happens at that point for the Salvation Army? Certainly. So locally, um, what we do is we make sure that our facilities are prepared. Um, We make sure that our mobile feeding unit is stocked with food. um, Is that through all faith food banks primarily or? It's a a variety of things, but yes, yes, yeah, we partner with that. Um, We have um, our residential facility um, on 10th Street in Sarasota. So we had to make sure that um, we had staff who would stay for the duration of that time, make sure that the generator was filled, um, different things like that, just so everybody can kind of hunker down and wait for the storm to pass. And that's what we did locally. Um, our, our state office um, actually called up a, a disaster response team, folks who've been trained in this, um, along with probably 10 additional feeding units, all from places in the state that weren't expected to be hit. Mm. Um, so kind of Panhandle and, and more of the East Coast folks. They pre-positioned in Lakeland and just hunkered down there, waited for the storm to pass. So then they would know where to go in and to begin you know, a large-scale effort. Just because we knew that Ian was, was a big storm. Right. Um, and then... Uh, the Salvation Army had another team from Texas that they weren't prepositions, but they were called up and ready and were ready to to kind of roll if they were needed. So they immediately, I think they got on the road either Thursday or Friday um, and made their way. They're down in Fort Myers. So and then I, we've I, had additional teams come in since then. I, I will say, uh, and I moved down here to Sarasota in 2015 from the Cincinnati area. So Irma was my first hurricane. Mm-hmm. And what I learned about that, and it's very, um, I guess, reassuring living here, 
is how quickly we saw the response, not only Florida Power and Light, but other states that sent their utility trucks in. Because uh, I remember we were on the road heading north. We, we, we thought maybe we we're going to be out of electricity for several weeks or whatever. We just went and going to go stay with a buddy. But we're heading 75 north. And, of course, no one was going south except the utility and the fuel trucks. And I, it was just so gratifying to see that um, and very, very reassuring to see that happening. But so so there's typically a an immediate response. Uh, and I, I'm sure you got a playbook. You do A, B, C, and D over the first you know, few days or a few hours or a few weeks. And, and, and then once you get past that phase, what kind of kicks in at that point? Because just like myself, you know, I'm like so many other people wanting to help out by getting your message out to the community. But this is not going to go away anytime soon because these needs are really going to be months long and even years long. So how does, this, how does the Salvation Army, how do you navigate that? Well, we navigate. So the Salvation Army is already in these communities. We were here before the hurricane hit. We're, we're going to be here, you know, long after everything is, is if people forget about Ian, let's put it that way. Um, so we know that there's going to be both short-term and long-term recovery needs um, because of, of Ian or in any disaster. Um, and so we're already talking about that. We're talking about that internally. What does that look like? We're also talking about that um, at the county EOC. And again, um, looking at how all of these organizations and, and government entities kind of come together and to best meet those needs. They always look a little different, you know, depending on the state and depending on the disaster. But but we expect um, that there will be long-term recovery, such as um, being able to help um, maybe providing uh, gift cards, tarps, cleaning supplies, different things like that um, to folks kind of in the shorter term. Right. Um, and then longer term, you know, in some disasters, you know, maybe I'll use Hurricane Sandy as an example. Our director of operations was there long term uh, with with Hurricane Sandy. And so the Salvation Army, along with other organizations, were kind of trying to meet the unmet needs of folks. So like maybe a FEMA would provide a certain amount of money to to do a roof repair, but it didn't maybe fully cover the cost of something. Right. Then the Salvation Army would be able to to meet the unmet portion of that need. Right. Um, so those are those are some long term needs. We we fully expect to do that um, in this disaster. Do, do you have? I, I guess do you have like a for lack of a better term a playbook, or do you have a strategy of what you do differently? For, I mean, you know, children have different needs than adults right. and then larger families and smaller families. And so, and so how does that play out for you all? I mean, I guess what does that look like, you know, a boots on the ground scenario? Right. So, so in that long-term recovery scenario, you know, larger families tend to, to might receive additional funds if we're talking in, in the shorter term and maybe helping with with food or maybe a, a voucher for clothing or something like that. You know, it's all based on kind of family size. Um, 
So, so there is that that playbook, but that's kind of what we do year round anyway with our food pantry. You know, um, food given to a family of two is a different amount than what's given to a family sure. of seven. Um, right, right. Well, so so what are your greatest needs right now? Uh, again, you know, you all always have a need for for funding. You're always going to have a need for donations and volunteerism, but but is there a, a priority that you have now that you're still in kind of disaster relief mode? Right, because we're still so early into this disaster, um, the primary need is um, cash donations, and and we always say cash is better than um, a gifting kind um, type donation because cash allows us to be more nimble. Right. Um, you know, because the need today might be for toiletries, but the need next week might be for tarps. Interesting. Um, and so, so having cash donations allows us to move between the needs quicker um, than if people were actually collecting tarps or, right. or things like that. Right. Um, it, it also allows us to help the local economy. Um, so, you know, if we've got cash and we need tarps, we can go, you know, to the local hardware store to buy tarps, that kind of thing. Um, but, but certainly with, with a disaster of this scale, um, anything and everything, um, it is going to be used at some point. So, so what about, uh, and I was talking with, um, Sandra Frank at All Face Food Bank, and she said, well, ask them about your location down in Venice. You got hammered pretty good down there. Is that correct? So what's what's happening now? Right. So it's actually, so we, we have a, a couple of facilities in Venice, but I think she was really thinking of our vent, our uh, facility in Northport. So we had a, um, a center in Northport on Tamiami Trail um, that has been destroyed. We're going to have to just have the building um, taken right. down, um, and 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 we will rebuild. We're we're right now looking at kind of what are some different temporary type structures that we can put up there because we don't want to leave the community. And because it is Northport, um, we know that the need is even more is even greater that, that they're in the community. Um, so we are looking at those kind of things. It is interesting um, what we had done out of that facility was we had a food pantry, and then we also did um, emergency financial assistance, so helping folks with a rent or utility payment, that type of thing. Um, we actually had a study done on the needs in in Northport and how the Salvation Army might meet some of those needs. Right. And then we met with our board just three weeks ago to go through that study and to kind of outline and, and to vision strategically um, what we wanted to do. How would we meet additional needs, you know, and, and build up kind of our capacity and our presence in Northport. Um, so very interesting. I'm trying to take the, the destruction of our building as um, a way to kind of jumpstart that strategic plan. Um, right. and, and to get into those, um, meeting those additional needs even quicker. Yeah, I, I think most people don't realize that Northport is actually larger than Sarasota. Sarasota is about, Sarasota, you know, the city limits is about 60,000. 
I think Northport's pushing 80. So they've had a tremendous amount of growth down there, more spread out. And I just, boy, my heart goes out for those people down there. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, it, it's just, yeah, it's just terrible what they're going through. What, what about volunteerism? So we can use volunteers all the time, not just for the disaster. Um, sure. Right now, um, the with, with the group that's in from Georgia that's doing the feeding in the southern part of the county, we're kind of good at this point. Um, with volunteers, we know that that's going to change um, as this goes on because that team's going to leave, and at some point, the the full response efforts will be our responsibility. Our by meaning the Salvation Army just here in Sarasota County. Um, so we are definitely going to need volunteers, um, and and that might be. What does that look like? And when you say volunteers, what do we, if I volunteer? What are some different places you can put me into? Well, I can plug you into just about any facility <laughs> that we have currently. Yeah. But it might be, you know, we, we expect to do some um, distribution of some some goods down in, in the Northport area in the coming weeks. So it might be helping with something like that. It might be, you know, going through and kind of organizing some of these items that have been donated. Um, right. There's always a need for that. Um, we're getting into our Christmas season. You know, you mentioned bell ringing yes. earlier. You know, that's always a need um, to have bell ringers. And the more people that we have um, volunteering to ring the bells um, means, you know, additional funds that are coming sure. in. We're able to staff all of the, the locations. Right. Um, we also have um, our Christmas assistance program, our angel tree program for children um, whose parents need assistance, you know, with, with Christmas gifts. We expect the numbers, the number of children and parents applying for that program to increase this I think, year. I think significantly. Yes. That's right. So, so we need people both to adopt oh these children, adopt the angels and purchase gifts for them as well as, you know, helping with kind of organizing and, and doing the distribution of those things. So wow. there's a lot of opportunity. A lot, a lot of need there. And well, listen, I appreciate so much uh, about what you and the Salvation Army do, what you represent, uh, Michelle. And um, I guess what I want to do is uh, send people to the website I'm looking at, SalvationArmyFlorida.org. And all the way on the right, there's a tab there that says Hurricane Ian. And so if you go there, dear listener, you can see the disaster food services they provide. And obviously, there are some ways to donate and then some other support tabs that they have there. And I encourage you to go there and please reach out just even if there's a little bit that you can do, because it's not only the immediate need of Hurricane Ian, but of course, when the holidays come around, be a lot of families out there that are not going to be able to celebrate Christmas the way they used to from all the stresses that uh, Hurricane Ian has has caused. So, uh, Michelle, I appreciate you very much coming on to the show. Is there anything else that we didn't touch upon before I, we say goodbye? Well, there are certainly a lot of things that I can talk to you about about the Salvation Army, but I think um, in terms of Hurricane Ian and the disaster and the response of the Salvation Army. I think we've hit it all. I just appreciate you um, providing us the opportunity to share our story. 
Well, we appreciate you. And uh, all I can say is maybe take a little bit of extra vitamin C, try to get Alexa a half an hour worth of sleep and keep your energy levels up because it's a long, long haul, I think, going forward. So we appreciate again what you do. And uh, everybody, thank you for tuning in today. And uh, we look forward to having you back in the future and finding out, you know, how we've gotten things back up to back up to normal, if there is such a thing anymore. Sounds good. All right. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you so much for stopping by. I sure hope you enjoy listening to our interviews as much as we do providing them. If so, would you do me a little favor? Go to sarasotastories.co and enter in your email. That way you'll get notifications of all upcoming episodes. Also, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And remember, no matter where you go, to listen, learn, and connect. Connect.